Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Welcome to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I am your guest host today, Walker Wildman, with also Ray Pritchard. Ray, hey, Walker. Welcome to today's issues. Thank you. Great to be with you today. How are you? Doing pretty well. It's been a uh, been a while since I've been on with you. I know you 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 moved on to the afternoon slot, and uh, it's great to have you back with us this week. Yes, morning. I'm hosting my 1 p.m. show AFA at the core, and um, I'm a creature of habit as we all are. And uh, I'm surprised I didn't slip up there and say, welcome to AFA at the core. <laughs> but the music, uh, the bumper music, um, is my cue there. So uh, good to be on today's issues with uh, and have our listeners with us today. This uh, September 23rd edition of today's issues, I'm filling in for my dad, Tim Wildman, and Ed Vitagliano. Both of them are on the road this week. Chris Woodward's in studio with us. Good morning. Chris, good to be on with you guys. Yes. Um, Tell our listeners a little bit about American Family News. You guys got a brand new website, some exciting stuff going on there. Yes, American Family News is now uh, known as AFN.net, meaning AmericanFamilyNews.net. That is the new name for our website. It used to be OneNewsNow.com, but we have renamed it American Family News and AFN.net, so that way it matches what you hear at the top of every hour on AFR. Uh, People often ask me, what's the difference between the two divisions? Um, American Family News is what you hear at the top of every hour on our newscasts. Many of those stories and a whole lot of other stuff ends up in print on our website, which again is now AFN.net. Check us out because uh, things that you don't hear on the radio are going to be on the website. Uh, Things that you might have heard on the radio will be on the website. If not at that moment, they will be. So that way you can uh, read more about the stories that you hear all of us report And in addition to staff articles, we have Associated Press content. We also have a daily poll. Uh, There's Associated Press videos, political cartoons, and a section called Latest from the Web where you can uh, find out things that are on other websites. So that way we can provide you kind of a one-stop shop and you don't have to visit a whole bunch of websites to get informed. That's good stuff, Chris. I'm on the website now, AmericanFamilyNewsAFN.net. And so instead of having... American Family News, uh, Radio Newscast, and One News Now is two different things. Yes. It's all under one banner called American Family News. So go to their website, AFN.net, and find out more, uh, new, find more news articles. There's some Associated Press videos there, a lot of other content there on their website. Well, Chris, speaking of news, go ahead and get us started. Well, one of the uh, ongoing topics on this program and many others here on AFR Talk is the border issue. It is a crisis. We've had a lot of people coming across the border, really flooding the border. Many of the people are coming here illegally. Others are claiming asylum. That's an issue for the courts to decide. Uh, And of course, we've had a lot of um, uh, audio bites about how uh, maybe Border Patrol agents uh, current and Retired ones are saying catch and release is causing more problems at the border. But to set all this up, I wanted to uh, to bring in a soundbite here. This is a longer than we normally play soundbite, but it's Fox News reporter Peter Ducey yesterday asking White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki if President Joe Biden has ever been to the southern border. Clip one. He would like to see immigration reform pass into law, more humane processes. Just one more. Has President Biden ever been to the southern border? 
in his life. Yes. I will have to get look back in my history books and check the times he's been to the southern we border. We have been looking all morning, and we cannot find any record of him visiting the border as president, vice president, senator, or even as a concerned citizen. Why would that be? I can check and see when the last time or when he may have been. But but tell me more about why you're asking. Because this is a president who makes a point when there are disasters in this country, like a wildfire or a hurricane, to go and see for himself firsthand what the needs are of the local community so that he can have an informed POV to make policy. Why doesn't he do that? Uh, why doesn't he go down to Del Rio, Texas and see what's going on? Well, first of all, Peter, I think the situation at the border is the result of a broken system. And the president certainly relies on his experience. So whether it was the work he did to address root causes as vice president, his efforts when he was in the Senate to support comprehensive immigration reform, a steps that at a time were done, being done and worked toward in a bipartisan way, something that uh, certainly we think should be the, the case today. He uses all of his experiences to inform how he governs, how he approaches challenges. And certainly he looks again at the last four years and the, the separation of children who are ripped from the arms of their parents as a way he does not want to proceed. So all of his experiences and his time in office, whether vice president or Senate, uh, inform his approach to issues. Now, it's it, taking what Peter Ducey said, mm -hmm. none of his political experience includes visiting the border. So what experience is she talking about? That's actually interesting uh, that he that Peter Ducey couldn't find any record of him going to the border. I mean, I haven't studied it, so I don't know. But uh, if it turns out to be true that the president of the United States, who's been in politics, been in Washington for 40 plus years, um, hasn't been to the border one time to visit it, that would be a pretty astonishing news story. Uh, Ray, the border has been an issue for a long, long time under multiple administrations. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's basically a porous, open border. There is basically no border. It's it's a it's a line between two countries, but you can flow back and forth apparently. Um, but the fifteen thousand Haitian immigrants that we've seen recently in Del Rio, that that number in one location during one period of time, I've never seen that. I mean, who is behind this? You don't get 15,000 Haitians showing up in Del Rio, that many people, Walker, at one time without somebody footing the bill, somebody planning this, somebody's trying to make a state. I don't, I don't, don't know if it's George Soros, but it's that kind of idea. Somebody yeah. with some money is setting this whole thing up. And it's to Biden. Look, for he had plenty of time when he was in the Senate to go down to the the border. I think he just didn't care. The Democrats have just been, they have been uh, talking, talking, talking as if they really cared about this for many years, but obviously they don't. And it's clear, isn't it, why he's not going to go down there now, because this thing has gone south. The southern border has gone south, and they really, it's gone bad very fast. Uh, he's not going to come anywhere near the border. He's, I don't even think he's going to no. do a flyover walker. I mean, we're not going to see him down there at all. No, because the the, the pictures would be would be uh, very damaging to him, especially if there's 15,000 illegal immigrants in the background of the picture. Um, and this is under his watch, under his administration. But Chris, um, to Ray's point, you know, getting uh, from getting from Haiti to Del Rio, Texas is is no short trek yeah you uh, can't walk it's no afternoon stroll on a bike no. or a vehicle um that that there there's a lot of money has to be tied up in this to get 
transportation either via boat or airplane into mainland Mexico yes. or one of the southern countries and then bust up to Del Rio, Texas. I mean, you're talking thousands of U.S. dollars. Yeah, and, you know, there were stories and there are stories about how people from Central America may be getting transportation here or at least into Mexico where they then get on foot and walk here. Um, so based on that, we have to assume that someone is helping these people get here. Again, you can't walk um, from Haiti to Del Rio, Texas. Um, someone somewhere is uh, transporting them. One of the... Uh, I think biggest pieces of evidence that people are helping these people get here and that it's being done for political reasons is remember those images of uh, people uh, at the border and they were all wearing Biden t-shirts and they were yes. saying things like, you know, was that Joe back Biden in, let us in. Back, that was back in the first month of the yeah. presidency. Poor people fleeing for their lives. Don't uh, all buy the same t-shirt and then coordinate a photo op. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and Ray, there's also, uh, we've been lost up as a country in this, um, in the, some people have been lost up, lost in this, um, this appeal to your heart and to your, um, you know, to compassion about these people come from tough backgrounds, come from poverty, uh, impoverished countries, which that is all true. Haiti is a very impoverished country. So are many other countries in the world. Um, but but the, I guess the definition of a refugee and a someone uh, 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 seeking asylum that definition has really been stretched to almost include anybody in the world who wants to come here. Mm -hmm. Well, look look it, it it means anybody now show up at the border, claim refugee status. We're not going to check. If we do, we're not going to check very hard. We're going to let you in. And to, to the point that was made earlier about Del Rio, I'm looking here on a map. It's not that far from Big Bend country, which means this is like the remotest part of the Texas-Mexico border. Nobody goes to Del Rio by accident. You, mm -hmm. you don't go to Del Rio on your way to somewhere else. You go to Del Rio because that's where you intended to be. So, again, this whole thing was set up. We're not talking, Walker, Chris, uh, Guatemalan refugees. And we've seen that, we've seen that story before. Haitian immigrants who paid for all these thousands of people to show up at this remote outpost. They are intending, whoever did this is intending to cause a crisis down at the border. And frankly, they have succeeded. Yeah, I do yeah. have some uh, related sound here. Uh, this is Laura Trump on Fox and Friends today. And she was responding to that clip uh, we just played uh, featuring Peter Ducey and Jen Psaki. Clip two, please. You heard Jen Psaki there, dare I say, did she slip up, guys, and perhaps tell the truth that Joe Biden is actually relying on his experience here, his five decades of doing just about nothing for the American people and applying it to the southern border? I think that's pretty accurate. He's doing nothing down there. You would think, to Peter's point, if you have a complete crisis at hand, whether it's wildfires, whether it's hurricanes, um, whether it's mass shootings, whatever it might be, the president of the United States always goes to those areas and, and as he referenced, talks to the local community and says, what do you need? How can we help? Joe Biden is completely absent in this scenario. Now, you guys remember, he put Kamala Harris in charge of this mm -hmm. months ago, and then she's been criticized for not going she did make that trip down there to the and i'm using air quotes border but yeah. she was like way far away from uh you know what we see and hear about on the news well i i played uh i heard a clip yesterday of uh joy reed on msnbc 
or Joy Reid may actually be on the View, but nonetheless, um, Joy Reid was uh, asking the question, "Where is?" Uh, no, I'm sorry. This was MSNBC. Joy Reid's on the View. This is on MSNBC, but nonetheless, one of the hosts on MSNBC said, basically, where is the vice president? Um, and she was asking one of her reporters on MSNBC, where is the vice president? Because this was supposed to be her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vice President Harris is really nowhere to be found. Um, but it shouldn't surprise us. Uh, securing our border has not been a priority for Democrat administrations for a long, long time now. All right, Chris, what other story do you have? Well, uh, I want to bring this to uh, people's attention because it's probably something we're going to talk about next week when we gather again to discuss uh, news topics. Um Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and General Milley are going to be testifying before senators next week about Afghanistan and how we left the country, what lies ahead, what issues we still face, uh, things like that. Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa uh, was on Fox and Friends today, and Senator Ernst said she has plenty of questions for the defense secretary and the general based on other conversations that she's had with Biden administration officials. Clip four. We had a closed door briefing from three DOD officials, one of them being the DOD policy chief, civilian Colin Call. He was very, very dismissive of our senators and their questions. He gave immature responses and very simple things. A number of them surrounding the Afghan nationals that were evacuated, the numbers of those evacuees and the security questions and concerns surrounding those evacuees. He could not answer those questions. He could not respond to any questions we asked about the threat assessments on the ground in Afghanistan. And again, very immature, dismissive and rude um, to the point of our senators and our, our very valid questions. Now, you know, we've talked about this uh, in recent days. Afghanistan is not necessarily the lead story on many newscasts, uh, although it is still something that's going on. Um, And I think this is needed that we hear from the defense secretary and the general, people that are in charge of the decisions um, that left behind Americans, that ignored our allies, that are causing problems or will cause problems that maybe even our kids, Walker, are going to have to deal with in the coming years. Yeah, and we really still don't know how many Americans are still in Afghanistan. Uh, The word was at least several hundred or a couple hundred at a minimum still in Afghanistan. How many of those have gotten out? We don't really know because it's not being followed as closely as it was. Um, But if if the media stayed on Afghanistan, even now, it it would not be good for the Biden administration. uh, Because what we saw for that few week period when it was a highlight of focus was terrible. Um, The way the Biden administration just handed over Afghanistan uh, to to the Taliban, and it was it was a, 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 it was a debacle worthy of of the president um, having to answer for why he withdrew in the manner that he withdrew. And as many people have said, it's not the fact that we got out; it's how we got out. Right. Um, and we left the Taliban um, eighty billion dollars worth of military equipment there, uh, Black Hawk helicopters, Humvees, thousands, hundreds of thousands of weapons. Um, and, and, and that needs to be tracked. I mean, the media needs to be tracking that and see where those weapons are going. Is China coming in? Is Russia coming in to buy some of those weapons, mm-hmm. to, to study the helicopters and our technology? I mean, all that is, is potentially scandalous, but it's just not being followed, right? First of all, we armed the Taliban 
gave them, what, $80 billion worth of equipment. I mean, top-of-the-line stuff that they would never get their hands on otherwise. We left an unknown number of American citizens behind in Afghanistan, uh, and we basically just abandoned our Afghan friends who could not get out on one of those planes. I mean, we all saw those unbelievable scenes of, of people jumping on the landing gear and then falling from the sky, how desperate they were to get out of there. And then the drone strike on that, uh, mm. that one of the worst things. So if you, if you said to yourself, name the worst way to leave Afghanistan, this would be this. You couldn't come up with a worse way for us to exit a country than what we did. Then, and let's, Let's lay this right where it belongs. Yeah. This has nothing to do with Mr. Trump and his plans. This is on Joe Biden and his administration and the military leaders who led us down this path. It is a, <laughs> I can't think of a, of a bigger embarrassment for our nation. Yeah, and, and when, you, when you hear that was Senator Joni Ernst mm-hmm. uh, clip, uh, her talking about her frustrations with the uh, uh, Biden administration officials not being able to answer questions, if you go back uh, just last month when this entire thing was, was, was playing out, in Afghanistan, it, it was very similar. I mean, you had the State Department, you had the Pentagon, uh, you had the White House doing these briefings every day, and and they were there. There was a, so many questions where they were going, "Well, we're just not sure. Uh, we're going to have to forward you over to the, the to the other uh, another branch of government, or not another branch, another department. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have to forward you over to the Pentagon, or forward you over to the State Department." I mean, they just didn't have a whole lot of uh, concrete answers on any of the questions that were were happening. And I'm reading now on this same topic a CNN story. This is a CNN story, and here's the headline. Lawmakers storm out of classified Afghanistan briefing after questions go unanswered. And then it starts Hmm. out with saying multiple lawmakers angrily stormed out of the classified briefing. And it goes on to say that these were Republican and Democrat lawmakers who grew frustrated. Um, So it sounds like the... They're not getting much uh, concrete information from the Biden administration. And, Chris, if this were the Trump administration, this would be a scandal. Yeah, if this was the Trump administration, CNN and MSNBC and other liberal news outlets would have not gone so far as to take a commercial break. They'd right. still be doing around-the-clock coverage, what you call wall-to-wall coverage in the TV world, mm-hmm. since we left Afghanistan. Yeah. Literally, Brian Stelter would be sitting there looking like he was, you know— uh, tired, worn out, he'd still be talking. Well, and articles of impeachment would have already been filed. Yes. And it would be, we're impeaching the President Trump because of his debacle, his mishandling of mm-hmm. Afghanistan. And, and you mark my word, if this were President Trump, you would have Republicans. You would have Republicans going, yep, he's got to go. He's unfit to sure. serve. Yeah. Uh, but it's a Democrat, so they're not going to do that. Yeah, uh, you know, and some people, I'm just merely sharing this because this is an opinion some people have expressed on social media and probably on an airwave somewhere, uh, but some people don't put it past the administration for having announced the uh, mandate for private sector workers to get vaccinated or tested on a regular basis uh, as a way to change the narrative and get people away from talking about Afghanistan or the border crisis Yes, they may be upset and arguing about something else, but it's not those two big issues that are going possibly going to come back to haunt us in the midterm elections and then in the 2024 presidential election. Yeah, shifting the news cycle um, in the name of politics is not surprising at all. No. It happens, happens pretty often. 
All right, Chris, what you got next, man? Well, uh, let's talk about uh, COVID for a second. Um, you know, the Biden administration, as I said, they want uh, federal employees to get the shots. Uh, they want private sector workers of certain size companies to get the shots or face testing on a regular basis. That is an impending rule that they're still working on and people are debating and arguing over. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people, including medical professionals, are promoting the idea that maybe we don't need uh, the shots or the jabs if we have what's called natural immunity. These are people that maybe had COVID, they didn't realize it, or maybe they, they had it and it was bad, but they overcame it. And now as a result of that experience, they have natural immunity. Here is Dr. Marty McCary on Fox and Friends this morning uh, saying we cannot and should not ignore natural immunity from COVID-19. Clip five. One of the greatest failures of our public health leadership has been ignoring natural immunity. We're 19 months into this. We do not see reinfections cause severe illness. That's clear observational data. You add that to the 15 studies with hard data showing that it's effective and even up to 27 times more effective than vaccinated immunity. Public health officials are going to have to start to recognize this because they're ignoring natural immunity is ruining lives right now. Mm. That's so true. Um, I, I, I did the antibody test, Ray. Yeah. Uh, I've done it twice just to make sure the results were correct. And I don't have the antibodies and I'm a little bit envious of people like you, Ray. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, Chris, do you have the antibodies? I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I'm a little bit envious of the people who have the antibodies because as the doctor there said on Fox and Friends, uh, the natural antibodies, the natural immunity, um, historically, even before COVID has, has proven very, very effective at preventing reinfection. Um, but that's so true, Ray, that that's really getting overlooked. Some people are bringing it to the, to the forefront, which is a good thing. Um, but people who have natural immunity, that's, that's a pretty strong argument to not necessarily have to get the shot. Well, absolutely. I mean, the whole point of the shot is to, to, to do, I, I don't know the medical term. <laughs> to produce to, immunity. That's right. Yeah. That's right. To, to produce those antibodies. I, I just couldn't think of the right word. But that's that you, you get the vaccination. It increases the antibodies. So either you don't get it or if you get it, supposedly, it, it will not be a severe case. But if you already have the antibodies in sufficient number, natural immunity from whatever source, then the vaccination isn't needed, isn't going to add anything to your medical condition. And that's what the doctor's saying. He's saying that we have hard studies plus a ton of observational data that natural immunity exists. It's, it's a, it ought to be a big part of the answer to the COVID-19 crisis. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't really have uh, clarification as to where the administration stands on this. If they are going ahead with this rule that OSHA is supposedly going to enforce through the Department of Labor, uh, that private sector workers get the jab or get tested on a regular basis. A lot of people have said, look, you know, I have antibodies. I don't need it. I don't want it. I shouldn't get it. Things like that. That is an issue that has not been, I think, um, discussed enough and maybe even an issue that's going to go to the courts. But I don't know that the courts are really the place where we need to decide that, given that a judge is not a medical doctor. Yeah. Natural immunity, though, what's so disappointing is – um, historically, natural immunities. There's been widespread consensus that natural immunity is a good thing. If you get if you push through a virus mm -hmm. and you have that natural immunity, that's historically been a very good thing. Um, but but some people are talking about it like it's this foreign concept that we've just now discovered in in mankind that this that you can have natural immunity. Yeah, <laughs> and they're acting as if there's not science and and data on this. There's over a mm -hmm. hundred years worth of science and data on natural immunity. 
Um, so it really, really shouldn't be a debated topic like we it is now. We talk about it in terms of every other disease or every other virus, but it's it's off limits to talk about it in relation to COVID-19, right. mostly because of political reasons. Exactly. All right, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Hey, if you want to watch the show, you can go to the Today's Issues YouTube or Facebook page. Today's Issues on YouTube or Facebook. Go there and watch the show. We also have our website, AFR.net, where you can listen live to the show. AFR.net's the website. And, of course, we have the mobile app, free and easy to download. We'll be back in just a few minutes. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. You know, when Matthew 19, the, the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design. As we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage, just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. A young mom and her two-year-old baby were kicked off an American Airlines flight. Amanda Pendarvis was having a difficult time keeping the mask on her little boy. He suffers from asthma, was struggling to breathe in the mask. A flight attendant pitched a fit, told the pilot to turn the plane around. They were going back to the gate. Three police officers were summoned to deal with the crying two-year-old, tossed from the plane for being non-compliant. You can watch the unbelievable video on my website, ToddSterns.com. Meanwhile, a masked man inside a Target chased a non-masked person around the store demanding to know whether she was vaccinated. He called her a bad American. Maybe it's just me, but this nanny state mentality of the pro-mask crowd has gotten out of control, folks. The only thing worse than the China virus pandemic is a pandemic of rude behavior. Mind your manners, America. 
I'm Todd Stearns. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm your guest host today, Walker Wildman. Ray Pritchard is also hosting with me from Kansas City. And we have Chris Woodward in studio with us, bringing us the news stories of the day Hey, Ray, are you going to be, uh, are you traveling anymore this year or not until 2022? Well, I have been on the road for a couple of weeks uh, in Florida and New York teaching the Bible at Word of Life Bible Institute. And then in about a week or so, going to be down in Alabama for the AFR retreat down there and then up to Chicago and then in Oregon. Now, it's a little depending, the one in Oregon uh, at Cannon Beach conference center for a thanksgiving bible conference i said there's a little bit oregon has some aggressive covid policies out there and uh uh, assuming assuming everything stays as it is right now we'll be spending thanksgiving on the oregon coast teaching the bible out there all right uh that's a part of the country i was in california when i was a couple months old i was with my parents in california and I'm talking like I remember it, but I don't. <laughs> I only know about it because they tell me. But I really haven't been past Arizona West ever since since ever. I since I was in California. Since, so, since that since that first trip, yeah. So I don't I, I don't really I've never been to California as an adult. Never been to Oregon, Washington State. But I from what I hear, it's a beautiful part of the country. Oh look, you know, come come to San Diego, La Jolla. You know, you can drive through Los Angeles. Okay, I've been there. Hollywood, that's interesting. And mm-hmm. Carmel and up the coast, take the road up the coast. But come on up to Oregon if you want to see the the most, uh, to me, the Oregon coast, just about the most beautiful part uh, of America. You come on up to the Pacific Northwest, Walker. That'd be, a, uh, that'd be a great family vacation for you. Yeah, that would be. I'll have to make it out there. I'm going to Colorado this afternoon, going to Colorado yeah. Springs, which is also a beautiful area. Um. Uh, oh, you ever been, be, I, you've probably been to Colorado Springs, haven't you? I have been a number of times. And in fact, when we finish this program at uh, in, in about an hour or so, are you meeting I, me there? <laughs> I, no. Well, I'm heading. I'm heading east uh, from Kansas okay. City, east, and we're heading up to to Lake Michigan, to uh, to a, to a little one of these little towns on the shores of Lake Michigan, because this coming Sunday is my 69th birthday, and our youngest son, Nick, said, Dad, let's do a bike ride, because that's something I do. And uh, there ha- there's the Apple Cider Century bike ride, a 100-mile bike ride. Wow. And uh, I did 100 miles a number of years ago. Having done it, I feel no need to repeat a 100-mile bike ride again. You know, you do it once, climb the mountain once, you don't have to climb it again. I don't but- know if I've ever ridden a bicycle for 100 miles. <laughs> Listen, Chris, it's fun. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Gonna, yeah. We're going to try to do 69 miles on Sunday. Nice. And the Apple Cider Century for my 69th birthday. We'll see how it goes. Now, I've got to ask I, I picked up biking for about a year or two yeah. uh, with my father in law. 
And then I got married and started hunting and doing these other hobbies. But nonetheless, um, I've got to ask for the bikers out there listening, um, 69 miles in a day, what is your average speed? Well, you know, when I'm on the trails here in Kansas City, it's 12 to 13, 14 miles an hour. I'm going to have to pick that up. It's going to have to be between 15 and 20. But those are con- you're talking concrete trails, right? That's you're talking right. a road bike. And and it's pretty because it's close to Lake Michigan, the roads I'm going to be on are pretty flat. That's so I good. should be able to do that, you know. Now I mean there are guys, I mean guys and gals, there's super bikers, the, the the you know, the Tour de France kind of guys, they can do a century in about maybe 3 or 4 hours. That's not in my. I, I'm what not. Is, what the, is their spare average speed like? Twenty. Some of them would go thirty, thirty-five miles an hour. Wow. I mean, they really booking it. Yeah, they book it. That's right. That's. Uh, I I sit at home and watch those guys on TV. Yeah. You know. Well, that's exciting. That'll be a good trip for you, Ray. Beautiful weather up there that time oh, of year, probably. Yeah. Um, it's getting pretty down here in the south. We got. Um, I think it's getting down into the low fifties. Um, high forties at nighttime, at, at right. least these couple of days. Um, but good time of year in uh, in the South. We got the leaves starting to fall. Um, and I was telling Brent and uh, boy, this is a rabbit trail. We're seven <laughs> minutes into the rabbit trail. Um, the um, I was telling Brent, our producer, and Chris coming into the show that I love this time of year because we have a couple things coming together. I'm a I'm an avid hunter, and so I deer hunt and do a few other type of wildlife hunting so you've got that coming up and then you have thanksgiving my birthday's in october so that's there coming up too there and then we have christmas and new year so all this comes together this time of year and i really do enjoy it i suddenly have a craving for a big bowl of chili there you go well you can make it for us if you'd like chris <laughs> american family chili <laughs> coming to the store soon yeah i'm not sure folks want to watch us on ti eat um, I don't eat know chili about that. <laughs> hey, off the rabbit trail, we have Jan Markell with us on the line, a weekly guest here on American Family Radio. She also has her own show, um, and she's president and founder of Olive Tree Ministries. Jan, welcome to our rabbit trail. Well, that's a tough act to follow. I'll do my best. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Jan, tell our tell our listeners a little bit about your ministry, about your work, and how they can how they can keep up with your radio show and some of the other things that you do. Well, I've been, Olive Tree Ministries has been around a number of, of years. We began radio in 2001, and we now air on about 900 radio stations, and folks can access the program, obviously on AFR Radio, and that's Saturday at 1 Central, Sunday at noon Central, um, and just appreciated working with you fellows for, I don't know, six, seven years now, working with Tim particularly, uh, very closely on a lot of the important issues of the day, and Fred Jackson as well. And um, so we're we're just trying to get folks to understand the times, contend for the faith, and become watchmen on the wall, because as you gentlemen know, you watch the headlines every day. We are in unprecedented times with unprecedented issues going on that people need to understand Mm. from a biblical perspective. That's right. And and Jan, let me let me get you to to kind of flesh something out a little bit because you know, many of our listeners, if not mostly all of them on American Family Radio and to your show, to your broadcast, um know the importance, the significance of Israel in Bible prophecy and right. in 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 times and where we are now in world history. Um 
but explain to our listeners out there briefly, if you can, just give us an overview. Maybe some some new believers, some young believers, or people who just haven't really put a lot of time and focus on this like they should have. Um, the importance of Israel when it comes to Scripture. Yeah, and I can do that in just a few paragraphs. Um, I, <clears throat> we still try, and that you know, God, <clears throat> God set aside a people for Himself, and. <clears throat> He chose Abraham to be the kind of the <clears throat> patriarch of the Jewish people, and um, he's honored Abraham, and he said he would be the head of uh, a nation that would, would spring up and uh, would be, well, an incredible nation. And then he went on, God went on to say in Genesis 12, uh, 12, 3, particularly, that those who bless this people would be blessed and those who cursed her would be cursed. And and so the Church, most of the evangelical Church, has been very supportive of Israel over her 73 years and um, had been very, I think, very enthused about her statehood, which happened uh, back in 1948. And as you said, and, and very important that you said, is She's kind of the key to both world events and to Bible prophecy, um, and that's one of the things my ministry does try to emphasize and stress is the importance of uh, not just Israel in current events, but the importance of understanding what the Bible says about the last days. We've had an annual conference doing that for many years now, and it's been the largest of its kind um, actually, in the world, and then COVID kind of put an end to that in 2019, and uh, we carried it on on the West Coast here just a couple of weeks ago. So all that to say, um, let's just go back for a second to the Genesis 12:3, and that is God's going to bless the nation or the ministry or you know the business that blesses Israel, the individual that blesses Israel, curse those who curse her. So. I'm concerned that we now have a new administration that's just come up with a terrible uh, type of well, kind of a policy, or a, I guess a, a bill that they've just approved in Congress. And and I think you gentlemen may have been talking about it, so I think we should discuss it for a minute. Mm. So, so Jan, I think you're talking about the Iron Dome, the fact mm, that correct. that the we had there was money in the budget to support the Israeli Iron Dome missile defense system, and the Democrats have taken right. that out. So tell us just real quickly what exactly yep. is the Iron Dome, and why would why would the Democrats want to stop funding that when it has saved so many lives? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I think, and 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 your your question is uh, kind of a tough one to answer. Why would anybody on the left? want to be perpetrate a, a policy, um, a bill that's going to put at risk the lives of every Israeli, because the Iron Dome is a piece of technology that America has heavily underwritten financially for years, and, and it's a piece of technology that literally stops rockets from hitting their populated sections of the country. It's probably saved tens of thousands of lives. Frankly, it's saved Arab lives as well as Jewish lives. Um, and so the far left of the Democrat Party, and today's Democrat Party does not like Israel, and that even includes some Jews in the Democrat Party. They can't, they passed a, a bill, or it's in the process anyway, 
whereby America is going to stop funding the Iron Dome. And I'm going back now quickly, Genesis 12.3. There it says, the nation that blesses Israel will be blessed. The nation that curses Israel will be cursed. I'm so concerned, gentlemen, that in some way, shape, or form, perhaps economic, we don't know, in some way America will be cursed for this bill that's in the process of being passed and pushed by the Democrats, and your listeners need to be praying about it. Um, I, I'm reading from The Hill right now. Yeah. House, uh, House Appropriations Committee Chairwoman Rosa DeLauro of Connecticut has introduced standalone legislation that puts a billion dollars toward Israel's Iron Dome air defense system. But Wonderful. Now, this does come after House Democrats removed the provision from a government spending bill following pushback from some progressives. Given the yep. fact that Nancy Pelosi basically needs everybody in her party to support this, I have doubts that this standalone legislation from Rose DeLauro or Rosa DeLauro is actually going to be able to advance. I do, too. I, I think it's probably a done deal that it's going to pass, and we are going to withhold the $1 billion that assists Israel in her Iron Dome protection uh, device. I mean, it's incredible technology, absolutely miraculous technology. I'm concerned, too, as well, uh, guys. I really am. And again, how, how might God judge America? Who knows? We don't know. It could be economic, weather-related. We don't know. We just know it always comes true. Yeah. The nation that blesses is blessed. The nation that curses is cursed. Yeah, you're right, Jan, and 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 many believers, uh, and, and you've done some of this work, but have have put together uh, some some well-known uh, Christian leaders have put together timelines and, and and a history map of every time the U.S. takes adverse um, action um, against Israel, it, it doesn't turn out well. Uh, it for, doesn't turn out well. It does. It's quite often a weather-related catastrophe that happens, but. Other things as well, but that that is an understatement. It doesn't turn out well. Yeah, and the only the only explanation th this is just pure evil. Uh, there's no way um, that you can look at at Israel and how they're assaulted and attacked and vehemently hated by many in the world, and, and somehow justify uh, that hatred. It's uh, it's pure evil, and and it comes right out of man's sinful heart. Hey, Jan, God yes. bless your work. Um, Thank you. And we'll, we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Goodbye now. All right. That was Jan Markell. OliveTreeViews.org is her website. She is also heard on the American Family Radio Network each weekend. OliveTreeViews.org is her website. Uh, Ray, that's, uh, wow, that's, it's humbling and really sobering to, to think that we have elected officials in the U.S. that uh, don't, that hate Israel enough or don't like Israel enough um, to do something like withhold military aid for such a critical system. Look, let's go with the first verb you said, hate. Yeah. There are officials in Washington, there, there are Democratic politicians in Washington who not just dislike Israel, but they hate the modern nation of Israel. And they would be okay with the radical Islamists, uh, the radical Muslims, pushing the Jewish state into the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. And and let's be honest, that's I, I'm not saying that every person who who is for defunding or taking away the billion dollars agrees with that. But there are some clearly who hate the nation of Israel and this is just one contemporary 
expression of it. And I think in the Democratic Party, they have gone so far left, Walker, that you can't say what I just said. The Democratic, Nancy Pelosi knows the truth. Chuck Schumer knows the Mm -hmm. truth. They can't even dare acknowledge how loony, how radical their left wing is. They just can't. Yeah. It goes to show you that today's Democratic Party is not your daddy's Democratic Party or your grandpa's Democratic Party because uh, President Truman was really high on um, the nation of Israel becoming a nation again. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was a Democratic president, a popular one. Uh, There were many members of Congress that had a D next to their names uh, at the time that uh, were very fond of and supportive of Israel. That's not so much today. Now, in all fairness, there's a lot of Republicans today, too, that support things the Republican Party didn't used to support. Yeah. So I would encourage everybody to don't just go with the sound bites or the comments that you hear from politicians. Really look into, as times painful as it may be, really look into and make sure that they're living up to what it is they're uh, well, campaigning on. this is why alternative media outlets are so important, like American Family Radio, American Family News, uh, what Jan does over at Olive Tree Views, and even Ray's Ministry keep believing. Because um, you're, if you watch the, quote, mainstream outlets, the, the major media conglomerates, uh, you're going to get a narrative, a very worldly narrative, uh, that, that, that disfavors Israel in all aspects. I mean, you look at the coverage of of what was happening a few months ago in Israel, they were just getting all out assaulted from the Gaza Gaza Strip, um, and some of the some of the media coverage was this like neutral coverage about how you know well Israel's got its problems and so do the the Arab people maybe, mm-hmm. um, um, but when you look at it properly through a proper context, um, Israel is often the victim of these attacks and it's uh, very very reprehensible. So as believers as Christians. We should 100% stand with the nation of Israel. All right, Chris, what else you got? Well, this is a story that Fox News uh, has reported. Rusty Pugh had a story about this um, at the top of the hour leading into the show. I'm going to be talking with it, uh, talking about it later today with Campus Reform, which brought all this to light. There is a university in Pennsylvania known as Point Park University that is telling students that action could be taken against them if they do not respect their classmates' preferred pronouns. Now, details are sketchy as to what Point Park University is going to do, uh, if anything, to students that do not use a classmate's preferred pronouns. But guys, this is another example of a university forcing something on students, a very liberal ideology. And also, quite frankly, there are some major free speech violations um, at play here. And I'm no lawyer, but if you're saying you must say this or you can't say that, that's a free speech violation. Yeah, that should lose in court 10 times out of 10 if we have good judges. And that that's a, it's a similar type story as what we saw out of California, which also got struck down, where you had California actually under um, the attorney general at the time, I believe, was the vice president, Kamala mm-hmm. Harris in California. But there was the law that was forcing um, pro-life pregnancy clinics to mm-hmm. refer patients to abortion mills Mm -hmm. to abortion facilities um that was forced speech by people who disagree with abortion uh that was struck down this type of forced speech has never held up um in court and so hopefully it won't uh hold up this time ray well it's the battle of the pronouns isn't it (laughs) yeah that uh what you have was a university dictating what pronouns students must use if that is not a violation of the First Amendment, I don't know what is. 
a free speech ought to mean that when I speak to you, I'm going to use the pronouns that I believe properly apply to you. Now, if you don't like it, we may have to go outside and settle it, right? I mean, that in the, in the old days, that's the way that was done. You don't like my pronouns? Okay, let's talk about this and settle it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. But here you have a university actually dictating the pronouns the students should use. I think you're right, Walker. If we have good judges, 10 times out of 10, this will not stand up in court. Yeah. Now, the administration has at times pointed out that, you know, there are certain things you're not allowed to say. For example, and it's the edge-old argument, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. There's something completely different with um, free speech that might cause a panic and death and destruction uh, versus the I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings by calling Sam uh, a she when he wants to be the other way around. Yeah, and I've heard – I've heard – how do I, how do I, labeling people is, is very difficult, but, um, I've heard Christians, I, I'm not going to say many of them. I've heard some Christians and the videos are out there. We could play them on the air. Um, kind of tiptoe around whether you should use someone's pref, quote preferred pronouns or not. And whether that's biblical or not, but here, here, here's the fundamental issue as it relates to this topic. God created us all in his image. In the likeness of God, he created us all in his image. Male and female is what the book of Genesis says. Mm -hmm. We created an entire documentary called In His Image on this topic. And so as believers, it is not proper, it is not okay, it is not acceptable according to God's word for us to buy into and to grant credence to a falsehood that people created in God's image, either male or female from conception, uh, Ray, that that those individuals that are created in God's image, that they can somehow change their biological sex, their sex. That is unbiblical. It's unscientific. And Christians shouldn't be forced to accept that narrative or that notion. Well, first of all, we would like all of our listeners, everybody, get a hold of in his image, right, and watch it because this it's it's beautifully done. It's beautifully thoughtfully done. It's uh, it's fabulous fabulous on this issue, and and it's just it'll get a good discussion started. It reaffirms the biblical position. So that's one thing. Another thing is this: look, your name is something. So if you tell me what your name is, I'm happy to call you by your name. It, I'm not even worried about that. You tell me what your name is. Fine, I'll call you by that. Pronouns are something else. When you force me to use a certain pronoun, you pretend to be a man, but you're really a girl. You pretend to be uh, uh, you, you pretend to be a girl, but you're really a man. Whatever. When you do that, you are forcing me to buy into your false view of reality. I cannot deny the way God made you. I don't care how you dress yourself up. If you were born a man, you are a man. Born a woman, you are a woman. I'm going to use those pronouns. So on the name issue, happy to call you whatever you like. I'm not going to, I'm not going to call you by any pronoun except by that which actually refers to your God-given sex. Yeah, and and you should be able to hold that view and that belief, Ray, without being punished or forced to say things um, or be fired from a university. And you know, this is really the spiritual state of our country. Um, some call it the spirit of the age, but. Um, we're at a place, Chris, where <clears throat> everybody's so sensitive. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so sensitive, and they feel like 
if they get their feelings hurt, they think that if they get their feelings hurt, that that's a that's a, a lawsuit ready to go that you can punish people because they hurt your feelings. Um, but it that, that's the kind of environment we used to call it the snowflake environment mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, but it's really, really unfortunate because you look at the type of men and women that helped form America and you look at the generations that have come before us and what they've gone through, the wars they fought for our freedom. And here we are getting uh, all upset and offended over pronouns. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, we've a lot of people have been kind of engineered into this uh, age of sens- sensitivity uh, because people, some people are wired that way. But you also see uh, PSAs, public service announcements, uh, when you watch television about name-calling and bullying, and now bullying applies to everything, mm-hmm. except for those that want to call me a bigot. It's, anyway. really, it's really a sense of entitlement, Ray. I mean, we uh, it, it usually uh, used to be in America where you could just disagree with people. You could disagree with your neighbor mm-hmm. right. on whatever kind of topic. I mean— <laughs> And and you could disagree about the smallest things or the biggest things, but they were still your neighbor. You still had respect for them. You could still be friends. Them. You're right. not you could, suing them. You're not trying to force right. them to say things that they disagree with. Uh, but Ray, we're at a point in America where it's like there's no there's no middle ground. There's well, no middle ground at all. We now have an administration in power that wants to enforce liberal, radical left wing orthodoxy from the top down to force us to say what they want us to say to not say what they don't want us not to say. Uh, they, we're at a scary place in our culture right now. America is much stronger when we are free to disagree and still be friends. That's right. Amen. Couldn't have said it any better. All right, folks, today's issues, one hour down. we got one segment left here in about five minutes, and what you're going to hear in about a minute or two is American Family News. You're going to hear our... Um, newscast and if you want to read more about our news service you can go to efn.net it's been ray pritchard myself walker wildman and chris woodward in studio and we'll have steve steve jordahl next segment thanks folks we'll be back in just a few minutes The views and opinions expressed in this may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.